track I made up, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, and you don't stop. Yo, my name is D-Nice, although I hate to admit it. Taking out your suckers and you don't know how I did it. See, every episode remains in this mode. Very cool, very calm, there's no sweat in my palm. I just pick up the mic, proceed with a song. I get right to the point, my composition's not long or short. It's like a sport hanging in the middle. But now if you're puzzled, let me kick the whole riddle. That My name is Derek, and if I didn't mention D-Nice... It's just a description. It describes the kid on the mic. I'm the TI-808. So, so people don't Take know. Take two. So, yeah, people don't know, but they had the whole kind of alpha fuzzagon on this one. It's all slow, the slow and stuff. I mean, you, you talk you talk kind of slow anyways, but this one was really slow. Alpha fuzzagon. Yeah. So, um, this this is the the greatest uh, comeback intro from the, 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 lost, the lost intro that, that just was. Um, yeah, so yeah, so we missed last week because cause it was the last episode, right? Sure. Yeah, yes. I'm sure that. Man, I, uh, I, had, I had stuff. I had stuff. No, we, we all have stuff. Yeah. And, uh, it's all right. Don't yeah, worry about I, it. I could have got here. Actually, the timing would have worked. You, you could have. But, but, but I think you needed you needed the extra rest. I did. And that's all yeah. good. I, I had to gather up the manpower, like Mob Deep, you know? Word. Word. And nobody knows who Mob Deep is anymore, right? No. Have, have you watched the Have you watched the Get no. Down yet? Well, you know, Stranger Things too, like they said, yeah, it's coming out, right? Yeah. yeah. So. You started dancing on the table and stuff. You so you start you started doing the, you started doing the the shuck and jive. Shuck and, yeah, I was shucking and jive. And then what was the, you're doing the 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 crossfoot? What was that called? But the, you know the the, the shuffle. The, you're, you're doing the shuffle. Like, and like stuff? the MC Hammer typewriter thing. I don't, I don't know. MC shuffle. Hammer. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently he's a lot more thugged out than than than. Yeah, we you, hear that, you hear that red man. Yeah. Thing, right? <laughs> So um, I won't go back to you know the, the the deleted intro, but um, you did mention the youngest daughter mentioning a question about um the passing of uh one one great MC, and uh, well, this is your segue right here, dude. I'm gonna segue Man, that, into that's some pretty good stuff right there, dude. The passing of of a legend. What's a legend? Um, the man that tried to sell your grandfather well, 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 aluminum yeah, siding in Hawaii. One of the one of the best aluminum siding sellers in the business. Yeah. Dude. Uh, one uh, Harold Fujiwara passed away, um, Mr. Fuji. You know, for us, probably, you know, we're mostly introduced to him as the manager of Demolition. Well, but I, 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 like, I like how they said, like, he's probably best known for, like, being the manager of Yokozuna. Right. I'm like, come on, dude. Yeah. Demolition all the way. Dude. Yeah. And, but, and powers of pain. Yeah. But, you know, also, you know, had a good run managing Yokozuna as well. But, um, you know, had a also... Um, a pretty a pretty successful career in ring. Yeah, I think I think that's overlooked, right? Right, and so uh, so you know, like if if you like see to to jury now, mm-hmm. like it's, you know, like Fuji was the archetype of that type of style, right? Just kind of like that kind of like I can't even explain what that style is, but just kind of the monster heel kind of aspect in the ring, right? Like it's kind of like slouch kamikaze yeah. Japanese. No, here we go, dude. Kamikaze Japanese. That's, that, that's hey. You can't say that like a lot you? of like seventies, sixties, and eighties wrestling wasn't based on stereotypes. What? What? In nah, what? nah. <laughs> but yeah, so um, you know, as far as we go, that was one of the one of the managers that was kind of like uh, you know the guys we grew up right. It was like Keenan, yeah, Slickster, Fuji. I, I would say I would say Fuji was probably like like I mean. Bobby was good, but Bobby was so good that like you really didn't see him as a heel. I really feel that Fuji was like probably like the top heel, along with Frenchie was the, was the top heel manager. <laughs> wow. that, that was a joke, dude. No, but I mean, the whole thing is, I mean, the guy could like you know just by his, based on his affiliation, 
he can make a, a, a tag team a face or a heel in a second, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, no, I, I like Fuji, dude. And, and a good, good story about Fuji was, and we were talking about it, but uh, I was watching uh, wrestling one time. And uh, so wrestling, so I lived in a house, like, it's just like women all over the place, right? Like my stepmom and, you know, like when I went to my dad's house, my dad was always working. So it was like my stepmom. It was like my stepsister, my older sister. So I, I didn't get a lot of watch like a lot of TV, so I always have to like kind of sneak in like wrestling, right? And we got to the point where even like you know the producer, my little brother, I, I like turned him on to like Ravish and Rick Rude just because you know like just so he would watch it and I could actually like watch wrestling without like getting harped on, right? So uh, my parents would, uh, my parents, my grandparents would come from Hawaii, and so you had, you had another woman to the mix, which was my grandmother, but my grandmother was tight. But uh, you know my grandfather. Um, he would just kind of like sit on the couch and watch a lot of baseball and then he would let me watch wrestling and stuff. And so Mr. Fuji came on and he was like, he, so he had throat cancer. So they took out his voice box so he couldn't talk. So I'm, I'm sitting there watching demolition and all of a sudden I hear like this, like snapping. And I don't even have my microphone plugged in, dude. I, I think we got to like plug the microphone. I got to pause it and put the microphone oh, in. We have to start over for the No, 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 no. We don't, gotta, we don't have to start over. I just got to put the microphone in. But, uh, but he was like, he was like, hey man, he's like, he's all. He's all, he's all, that guy sold me, sold me aluminum siding. Like, he sold you aluminum siding? He's like, yeah, he's like, he's like, he's like, he was good. He's like, he was crooked, but he was good. So, uh. Fits, fits the persona perfectly. Yeah, pretty much. No, wait but, a minute, because, yeah. uh, this is, uh, um, slightly, maybe I, maybe I mis, uh, misheard things before. Misremembered? Y- yes. Your, your grandfather bought the aluminum siding. I think he did buy the aluminum siding. Okay, because I always, yeah. my, my understanding of it was that he attempted to sell your father. No, you know what? No, I think, I think you're right. I think he attempted to. But my and my grandfather said that he didn't buy the aluminum siding, but he said he was very good at, at he he had a good hard sell going. So uh, so the natural charisma that was there that was present in WWE. So we'll wrap that up and then uh, let me pause this real fast. All right, so it took like five hours, but you know for the power of uh, podcasting, it only took like a second. So yeah. before, um, before we wrap on Fuji, I just want to add one more thing that um you're you're actually bringing something to the table today. You know you're like you're like you're taking a stand and saying like I have something to say. I, I do. Um, okay. I really like. I thought, especially in its time, is the uh, his his use of that uh, ceremonial Japanese salt. Like I thought that was a great, uh, that was a great gimmick and a great like um, way to like you know you always had that potential um, for the distraction um, in the match, and then um, just the way it was done, you always it was always fifty fifty whether it was going to backfire. So like you know in the in the pre dusty finish days. Like, it was a great way to, like, manipulate the outcome of matches. Um, and, and I thought, like, you know, there's a few guys that had, like, a certain, like, cheat gimmick or whatever going for them. Um, you know, like, Coronet's tennis racket or whatnot. But I thought, like, the, the and, salt and, was, like, really... Paul Paulie Dangerously's uh, big old cell phone, Cell phone, right? right? And I thought... The, the, like, the Nightcourt cell phone with right. John Larroquette. Yeah. The, the, uh... That, that was a gem, too. Yeah. You, you know what was the best TV, like, show theme song? Barney Miller, dude. Awesome theme song. <laughs> Great theme song. That's good. All right, so uh, speaking of like the... Fish. Yeah. Well, not Fish is okay, but no, Barney Miller. I mean, you can't beat Barney Miller. But uh, and that and The Odd Couple. Anyways, um, speaking of like, you know, turning the tide of a match. You know, check out this segue, dude. So, uh, main event on Raw. And I'm going to say this right now, like, Raw, I think, has kind of been saved by, like, circumstance and happenstance. I mean, I, I felt the first show, you know, when Finn kind of did, you know, one 
the back-to-back you know matches, and then you kind of have that curveball where Finn gets hurt, um, which I really think is kind of a kind. Of, it's a, well, I mean, if things would have followed the course that they were supposed to, I'd been like, man, I'm like what a what a wasted opportunity. But speaking of outcome of matches, uh, when did you know that Triple H was going to turn on Seth Rollins? Because 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 I, I knew the second that. I knew the second that he threw Kevin Owens in the ring, I was like, dude, he's going to turn on him, dude. So um, I, I had the, the outcome uh, spoiled ah, ahead of time. Come so. on. Come on, Gorilla. So, yeah. Unfortunately, there was no like a moment of intrigue. Um, I didn't know that he got involved in Roman's side of it, but I knew that he would he, that he uh, that he turned on Seth and and, uh, and and got Owens to give the cover. So here's, here's, I have two problems with, it, with, with that. Then nothing has to do with with uh, the fact that it got spoiled or the fact that Triple H got involved. Uh, with the match overall, okay, I I, I really like that match, and um, I felt that storytelling wise, it was good. I mean, here and here's here's kind of the, here's the problem that I have is that I thought Kaz, you know, Kaz being the first eliminated, but Kaz Kaz showed what he could do, right? And he he lost the right way, and and, and but he got you like in that beginning part of the match, you're like, dude, I'm like Kaz can win this thing, right? And he had a good showing. He looked strong. Let's just say it. He looked strong, and it wasn't forced looking strong, right? Mm-hmm. Everything they did wrong with Roman Reigns, they didn't do with Cass. I, I felt uh, Enzo coming out with them, kind of hyping him up. I thought that was perfect. Enzo left. So I really liked Cass in that match. I, I really felt that Cass really drove that first third of that match. After that, I really liked what Roman did because Roman, I mean, Roman was just getting booed like crazy. Um, he was playing Superman. He was able to take what everybody hated about him and just kind of like throw it in their face. So I really like that. And I think what ended up happening, you know, the, the crowds are fickle wherever you go, right? But everybody was booing him in the beginning. And I think once the kind of once the match started kind of happening and, they, and he started pulling off his moves, they started cheering him, right? But at the same time, they were booing him because they were cheering him, right? Like Roman Reigns can't win. Then you kind of so I'm sitting there going like, dude, like this match has like the potential to be like a like a match of the year it's like a match of the year candidate I didn't mind that Triple H came out and changed everything up I, I was really happy I mean I, the whole thing is like I, I knew when, when when Seth Rollins pinned Roman Reigns I'm sitting going like okay I'm like so we've seen this before and if I see it again I'm, I'm not I'm not going to bother it too much I said but there's what's the reason for him being here right I'm like there has to be a curveball thrown in there and I'll give this to Triple H. I'm like, Triple H can throw a swerve, right? Um, but the problem that I had was that I was like, you know, I'm like, I'm sitting there and, and I'm watching him uh, screw over Roman Reigns. I, I watched him screw over uh, Seth Rollins. So I'm thinking like, you know what? Backlash is, you know, main event for Raw is going to be a three-way title match, right? I don't want to see a three-way title match. I really like the, the single match. You know, like, I really like, I mean, I, I didn't really, like, I, I thought Finn Balor and Seth Rollins was okay, but I like that it was just, you know, two men in the ring getting on like two men are supposed to, right? To quote my boy, uh, Magnum TA. But what I really didn't like about it was what I knew that, okay, this is going to set up like Triple H versus Seth Rollins or Triple H versus Roman Reigns for WrestleMania. It's another way for Triple H to get in there and put his name out there. And it's like, and, and I'm getting tired of Triple H, like, you know, Triple H is going like the John Cena route. You know, it's like, I'm going to, I'm going to write off the, you know, I'm going to write off the backs of like these other two guys. To, to, to further my legacy. And that's the problem that I have. So I thought, um, you know, I, I'm going to agree with what you said about, like, Kaz getting getting that match going. 
But honestly, I think Roman was the driving force through the majority of that match. Roman, I, didn't, Roman, I, I, didn't, I didn't say that. Like, like, you didn't. Like, you, uh, you said that he that he did well, but I'm I'm just emphasizing that I think throughout. I think he was the MVP of that match by far. Um, he got, you know, he he sold Kaz's offense. So part of, you know, in the beginning when when Kaz was cleaning house. Roman Reigns took like I don't know four like really nice uh, big boots and he was taking bumps all over the place. Ro- Roman Reigns has really you know as much as as much hate as and vitriol that he's gotten from fans. Roman Reigns I think has been a great performer over the past you know for over the past year I think you know yeah. I think he's been a, a great performer. Right. So and and he did he did the job he he did good but he he carried like most of the exciting high spot like. Good offense in that match was either him taking the bump or him delivering out the punishment. So, and uh, I'll, I'll get to something else later. But then, I do have I do have a problem with 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 Triple H in in that match. And like I thought, the match on its own as a as a four way match was going great. And then he has to get involved, and and, and I don't want this. And and he has to get involved in like fifty percent of of the falls of the match too, or what? Would it be two thirds. 60, 66%. 66.9%. Yeah. And, and so. I just want to say 69. Right. So, and I'm I just, I don't know why he has to always. Insert in, himself. Yes. Interject himself into, into these matches. It's like, I'm, I'm totally fine with Kevin Owens winning. And, you know, I thought that, I think it makes sense that, you know, the plans didn't go the way they wanted them to with Finn. And I think they had like a setup for a direction they wanted to go with like a new younger guy, um, or not younger necessarily, but a newer guy coming out of NXT. And then I mean, Finn Finn's older than Seth Rollins, right? So you go, but instead of them going back to what is safe and just putting the belt on Seth, they decided Kevin Owens. And I think Kevin Owens has deserved it over the year and a half, two years he's been um, in WWE. I'm no problem with him being the champion. Um, I, I'm curious, like, yeah, I think probably what you're saying is right. Sounds like this is leading towards like WrestleMania angle with, uh, with Rollins and Triple H and, you know, we can debate or whatever if we want to, whether like Seth is going to make this face turn and whatever. Um, but I'm more curious to see if, uh, this ends up being like Triple H, like why, why Owens, right? And I think like, is it going to be like, he's going to try to protect the NXT guys that are now into the main roster. So I'm kind of curious to see how that angle goes. I'll, I'll give it that. But yeah, I don't like the, the whole point of what they're supposed to be doing is this new, this supposed new era where, yeah, you, you make, you make uh Devitt the champion or now you're going to make Owens the champion. And one of the most refreshing things about raw is like you're saying, there is no John Cena there. So they're, they're given, like when I, I I've been really enjoying all these main events, and I think like traditionally in the last, you know, you know some of the Raws have been up and down. It's like they didn't give a chance to have like Cesaro in a in a main event match on Raw, and and now you're seeing all these new younger guys, and like maybe by tradition it's not like the big names that should be a main eventing Raw, but I thought like guys like that, like Cena and Sheamus and Orton, were getting stale main eventing. I, I've been liking it, but now you're just going right back. To Triple H, who is going to cut, going to cut like a twenty-minute promo for the beginning of the show, right? right? And have to try to explain like why he did what he did, and then you're going to have to start um, telling him to be a champion that he wants him to be, and then drop the drama between like him and Steph, and if Stephanie really knew, and and it's, and then it's just going back to 
you know, it, it's probably going to lead back to the things that I thought that this new era and this brand split was supposed to be getting away from. So I, I just don't know. I, I think you could have, I mean, I don't And I don't, I don't have a problem with him getting involved in some capacity. But yeah, I think it leads to things that, that I don't want to see. And so I don't know. I, it was exciting in, in its moment, right? But I think long term, I, I got a lot of questions about Triple H getting involved um, in the in the major storylines once again. Well, it was like a sigh of relief, right? I mean, because the whole thing is is I'm watching this match going, okay, like okay, so it's going to be either Seth or Roman. I mean, Kevin Owens was like the last guy on the list, right? Like, I thought Kaz would be would has had a better chance of if if you were handicapping everything. I mean, Kaz had a, a better shot than Kevin Owens, like because Kevin Owens. Hold on a second. Kevin Owens, like, whenever it's kind of like a big match against, like, the top-name guys in that company, he's always the afterthought. Um, I thought he had a, I thought he had a, a nice showing with what he did. Uh, play, you know, played everything the right way. I, the only thing I wanted him to do was kind of, like, hook that bottom rope like Road Dog did during that one Royal Rumble. But um, I think he does it better. He just gets out of the yeah. ring immediately. And no, and he's Taylor, his style is tailor-made to win a, a four-way because... He'll, he's the first guy to get out of the ring and let everybody else fight and then pick the bones. You know, it, to me, it was kind of like, it, you know, right now, like, you can, like, so for everything that you just said, right, like, the, the one argument for it is like, well, you have Kevin Owens as a champion. You have two indie stars headlining, headlining you know, your company right now with Dean Ambrose as well, um, who I think is doing a, who I think is doing a great job as champion, which I never thought I would, I would say that. But, um, to me, it was kind of like, okay, I, I have no problems with Seth Rollins being the champion. But here's the thing, like, and I'm going to say this right now. I think Kevin Owens, if you put him in a singles match with anybody, I think will do a better job than Seth Rollins will. I think Seth Rollins is good against the big name guys, like say like a Brock Lesnar, like like these, these larger than life guys. Um, I But I don't think you can have... Um, I don't think that that type of champion that you can have that type of champion now. I think the champion right now has to be good, but still make stars out of other out of other people, people that aren't ready yet to be in that title picture, but still make them stars. I really felt that Seth Rollins, Finn Balor, while it was a good match, it should have been a great match. That wasn't a great match. I just felt it was just kind of, you know, Seth. I think I think Seth is in the driver's seat at that time, and I just felt that the agent for that match took over that match instead of Seth Rollins and Finn Balor putting on a great match. I think Kevin Owens, if you put Kevin Owens in, uh, so Kevin Owens and Finn Balor, way better match than Seth Rollins versus Finn Balor. Um, and I think Kevin Owens can put a, a good match on with anybody uh, just because the guy the guy can wrestle. I think maybe with Seth Rollins and Finn Balor, you have two similar styles and it just it didn't mesh. I think, I think right now Kevin Owens... You you pick anybody on that roster, I, I feel that Kevin Owens gonna have a great match with anybody, even like a guy like Roman Reigns who who is kind of limited with what he does. But I think you're going to see a good match with whoever it is, and and I think that's a good thing. But I think Triple H kind of puts you know puts a gap in there because it's going to be about Triple H instead of like just let these guys wrestle, let Kevin Owens wrestle on his own. Yeah, I mean, there shouldn't be any problem with Kevin Owens just winning the match on his own, right? Or no, there, may, yeah. maybe you let like Seth and, and Roman beat the hell out of each other, and then 
Kevin Owens swoops in. Which, which was, it was shaping up that way to be anyway, right? right? And, uh, and I don't think, you know, so I, I, I guess I know they're trying to set something up, but. Well, they're trying, they're to, trying to set something up. They're trying up to set up for Triple H. Yeah, you know? I know, but I'm saying, I, they're just trying to set something up that I don't want to see. I don't want to see Triple H coming out, monopolizing the microphone again, monopolizing time, getting main events, um, and then leading to a match with Seth Rollins that, I mean, I'll watch anything that Seth Rollins is. Seth Rollins is great, but I don't, I don't think I'm, I don't know that I'm going to care. And mostly it's because it's Triple H. And generally when Triple H gets involved, I just don't care. Um, so big, big missed opportunity there, right? I think you, yeah, I think you just let the match play itself out. Um, I think it would have been better that way. I think the match was shaping up to be one of the better four-way matches that, that you've seen. There was a lot of drama. But and here's the other, here's the other problem that I have, right? So, you know, Seth Rollins wins the title, fine. Rowan Reigns wins the title, better, right? Because then, then you have, like, this kind of great character. Now, he's not even a great character. Nobody likes him, but he's pushed as a face. The, the one thing that I will say about this match with Kevin Owens winning is that it finally puts Kevin Owens in that upper tier because he was always, like, second. He was second. He was, like, he was like knocking on that glass door in the second tier. So so now he's finally validated as like a top tier guy. Right. Yeah, and, and I think that's that's the best thing that's happened. And that's the right way to go. But I think he could have done that on his own. But we'll, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, but I do want to say and, this. And, and, and I think that's the problem to itself, right? Like, yeah, I think he could have done it on his own. But instead, he needs the help of Triple H, right? So it's like. And he if, doesn't, yeah, that's it, the problem. It, 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 if he needed the help of Triple H, that's one thing. But he doesn't. What I'm saying, he doesn't. Well, it's and, the, and that's the why thing, Triple H doesn't need to get involved. The same thing that happened with Seth Rollins, right? Like, Seth Rollins got the championship because of Triple H, right? It's like, these guys don't need it. Like, these guys are fine on their own, but it's like, he, you know, Triple H needs to, he needs to put a stamp on everything. He needs to get everybody's blessing. And it's like, dude, I'm like, Triple H, like, for you even to be in that position, that would, that, that would have been 15 years ago. And at the same time, 15 years ago, you still wouldn't have been able to pull that off. To, uh, to, to quote, uh, you're gonna quote someone now. Yeah, and I can't even remember her name. There we go. The, the, there we go. The the girlfriend in, in in Scarface, Triple H. Don't toot your horn, honey. You ain't that good. Was that the blonde or or, yeah. or uh... Michelle Pfeiffer in, in Scarface? Oh, okay, okay. I, I, for some reason, I was thinking about Curly's way. I, whenever you say girlfriend, and it has to do with Al I didn't say you know? awful girlfriend. Yeah, yeah, but then, then, she's like the worst girlfriend of all time. <laughs> she's she's up there. Um, yeah. Break right. the door, break the door if you want to hug. <laughs> so where's my cheesecake Charlie yeah. um, so I do want to say that um, I did see um, someone had recorded like the dark main event they came on after that and so um, AJ Styles had come out and on uh, Raw? yeah on the dark he's coming out in the dark main events they did like a dark tag uh, dark tag team with like it was Cena Reigns AJ and, and Rollins right and so AJ had come out and he got why is Cena still around? I thought Cena was like taking a little sabbatical, um, or is he just what I, what I had read a, a couple is, is weeks he just ago? Ta- taxi cab and what's your name? Mm-hmm. No, I had read before that like uh, since before the brand split, they had promoted like Cena and AJ Styles to be at these Raws. So through a certain date, they're still having them be at the uh, dark main event, or even sometimes like AJ had come out during commercials just so they gave the crowd what they had what they had told them they were going to get, but they're keeping them off the live TV. At any rate, so like AJ came out and he had stood on the top rope, and I think uh, someone came out and uh, they basically like they, they like he got crotched right, so he was like standing on the top rope like um, you know like in pain, and uh, so like then uh, 
I think, I forget who it was, but it may have been Cena first that he came and he just kind of like shook the rope a bunch. So, uh, actually, I think the first one was Roman, right? I think Roman knocked him off and crotched him. And then Roman just started shaking the rope, so like, you know, putting him in, in more pain. And like, he actually got a, there was like a Roman chant going. So, as much as during that, like, kind of to, to your point, like, as much as, you know, he got booed as he normally does and, you know, was getting kind of like mixed reactions through the match. By the end of that night, he was actually getting like uh, he was actually getting a full-on Roman chant, which uh, which I found to be pretty interesting. Well, let's talk about Roman Roman Reigns real fast, dude. Because I mean, the whole thing is, I'm watching this match, and I've been watching a lot of Roman matches. And one thing is that he does pull out that Superman punch a little bit too much, but I mean, it works. And and here's the other thing too is that, you know, as stupid as and and as viral as you can't wrestle is. I'm not even going to get to that point where like, well, he can wrestle. But whenever you have like a 6'5 guy, like jump and leap out of the ring, that that's a lot of talent right there, dude. And, and, and the, thing, the things that he, he pretty does, much botched it and he still pulled it off. I, the, but he was the only guy that botched that diving out of the ring. There's, there's a couple botches. No, I'm just saying like, he, yeah. I don't want to say he full botched it, but like his leg caught the top rope. Yeah. Which, which affected the elevation. But I mean, that, and that's, that's still, like the whole thing. Out it's, it's hard to do, right? Right. Like, when have you seen like a, like a 6'5 like muscle-bound guy? able to like leap out of the ring you know without any without any rope help or anything like that and it's just the, the guy like so you, you know you want to if you want to talk about like Finn Balor versus him right versus Roman Reigns that was a that was a good match it wasn't all Finn Balor I mean it wasn't all Finn Balor dude I mean the whole thing is that this guy he, he's not the greatest mechanic in the world but he does a lot of jobs for people uh, he, you know, as as much of a raw de- raw deal that he's gotten from fans, and then the reaction to that by WWE, the guy still goes out there and, and gives it his all. You know, he's like the Uve Blob of uh, of WWE. <laughs> with the Uve Blob with talent, I think I think he's a talented performer. I mean, is he a technician? Absolutely not. But he puts on exciting matches. He puts on good matches. Well, he does good yeah. work. I mean, let's do this. Like, because the one thing that everybody compares him to is like John Cena, right? So, like, you know, so, someone was trying to tell me that John Cena versus uh, AJ Styles is a great match. I was like, well, it's good, I said, but the last 20 minutes is like, it's like, he tries to put an attitude adjustment. It's like, how can I reverse the attitude adjustment now? It's like, every, like, the last 10 minutes of every John Cena match is like, I'm going to put you up in the attitude adjustment, and then like, oh, let me elbow you in the head, right? I mean, the whole thing with Roman Reigns is that it's not, I mean, he doesn't have, there's no reversal that he's going to get all the time, right? As compared to, like, John Cena. But like, John Cena is such, like... Let me do. Let me do a false finish. Let me do like you know. Let, let me have you. Re- how many times can I reverse? How can you can reverse out of my my attitude adjustment, right? I mean, Roman Reigns for the most part, every match is not predictable. Um, you know, when he tries to go for his spear or whatever that is, it's like it's not the major focal point of that match. I just think with what he does, he has three good moves, right? It's the Superman punch, it's the kick, it's the kick outside of the ring, and it's the spear. Um, but he's 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 able to do enough stuff where where it's not the focal point of those matches. Yes. I mean, but I mean, I mean, you can say that, but he's also he's incorporated the the power bomb, a couple forms of a power bomb. Um, it's not like he has the Superman punch, but also the jumping clothesline, which I'd say maybe he's doing the jumping clothesline a little bit too much. I think the other thing too with the Superman punch is like where where when he started, it was like you would see it coming a mile away. It's like he comes off the rope Superman punch but now he's gotten to like that kind of like um, environmental variety when when you get somebody springboarding off the top rope or like like I forget exactly 
what the spot was in the match. But I Seth Rollins. Yeah, I know it was Seth. Oh, Seth was trying to do the flying knee. Yeah. And and he's able to hit hit the Superman punch there, and 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 when he does it, it looks good, right? And he's he's doing a great job. He he's got a lot more. He's he's got he has a lot more moves in his arsenal than he gets credit for, and. And the thing that I like about him, again, you know, as this conversation's frame comparing him to Cena, you know, they're they're all moves that I find to be quite believable. Unlike a a springboard um, st- stunner, or um, a really poorly executed STF, or like a uh, dude that dude, a, those those STFs they did against AJ. I mean, what the what sweet. the hell was that? Dude? Or like the other thing that like. The, the like sunset flip power bomb that Cena does, where he yeah. sits on the guy's back and then he does the handspring like he thinks he's Rey Mysterio, which was a terrible move when Mysterio was doing it too. It's like the, all those moves that Cena like ultimately like came up with to diversify his offense, they're 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 shit moves and and they're not believable moves. At least like as as Roman started to adapt more offense, it's offense that you know I buy into as that could do damage without. Making it look like the other guy has to bend over backwards to uh, to put himself in a position, and then we haven't even mentioned like the mic work, right? Roman still, I don't think he's ever going to be great on the mic, but the the way that they use him is uh, if he can keep his promos limited and then straight to the point, and then get get violent with it, then then that works. But with Cena, they let him ramble on and on, and it'll, it's always coming out really corny. So, you know, Reigns and, and the point where he got where the crowd really turned on him, that's what they were doing. They were, they were, they were having him talk too much. And then he was coming off, at, at points he was coming off kind of corny. And so you dial that back. There's really, if you're really being objective about it, there's, there's really not much to dislike about Roman Reigns. Even if your point was he wins all the time, well, now he's, he's not winning. He's not winning. Yeah. And he's still putting on great matches. So um, I, I really don't know. You know I, I never understood. I mean, I understood to a certain degree why people were becoming disenfranchised with him, but the back—I I don't understand like this extreme backlash that he's getting. Well, I, I, mean, I think that—I mean, what really did it was, you know, it was that second Royal Rumble where Daniel Bryan got kicked out. Right. I think, and then CM Punk got kicked out as well, and um, you know, then he was kind of christened during that Royal Rumble match, and and that's when people turned on him. And then I mean, and people forget though is that when he won the title, that was that that was one that was a just a great textbook match, right? I mean, they the put one against Sheamus, against Sheamus, and then Vince Vince McMahon was out there. I mean, he had all these obstacles put in his way, and he overcame them. And he was after that match, he was hot. The next week after, he was hot on top of that. And then and then and then they then they stripped, then they take the title away from him. It's like, dude, I'm like, he was working right there, right? I mean, like he you know, McMahon was. Positioned him as a star right there, right, and then you take it all away, and he's been able to adapt this whole time through through everything, right? Like, I, I don't care so much about you know, like I got to the point where it used to really bother me that Roman Reigns got booed because I'm sort of going like, I'm like, this is what you guys asked for, right? Like, you guys want to change, this is what you're asking for, and so when they give you a guy that you guys were behind and you guys were supporting, then all of a sudden because he's getting it, you want to put that away from him. So I, I got to the point where, and, and Reigns had a lot to do with this because Reigns started changing the way he was. He wasn't kissing the babies and giving out candy to, to little kids and stuff or, or giving like a, the Brett Hitman heart shades to someone, right? Like he stopped playing that role and he was just saying what he said. Now, it wasn't great, but he was just fine saying like, I don't care anymore, right? So I stopped caring about whether he got booed or not. And it's, it's been nice to like watch Roman Reigns without any responsibility, right? It's like, I'm not saying like, man, they should... They, they should like him, aren't they liking him? Because I like Roman Reigns. So it's, it's been nice to just to watch him and enjoy what he does. And 
he's not fitting a character anymore. And and I and I really like that's what I really liked about I. You're right. Like he drove that that four way match, and it's just kind of the just like watching what he did, the reaction that he got from the crowd, and, and he didn't care. And then I thought that's what I thought was really good, especially against a guy like Cass, right? Right. Okay, so you think uh, we don't have to spend a lot of time on this, but in terms of Rollins and Reigns' um, heel face positioning, you think is it time to make uh, Seth Rollins a baby face? You know, and then does that mean like him and him and Roman can have some kind of reconciliation, or if Rollins goes face, is it is it now time that uh, that Roman has to balance the scales and go heel? Because I mean, I think I think it's still. It's the the time is still there. Like if if, if they want to make Roman Reigns a heel, I mean, I think, I think it's gonna work. I think it very very easily would work, right? Um, so is it is is it time to make Seth Rollins the face? I, I think the I think it depends on the storytelling, and, and the reason why I say that is because after when when uh, when Kevin Owens won the title, I really felt that Seth Rollins was really lost in the mix, because you have you have this great face reaction with New Day with Enzo and Kaz. And then the work that Jericho and Owens are doing right now as as heels. I mean, Jericho. I mean, I mean, for anybody that that is tired of Jericho, Jericho's back, dude. I mean, Jericho is is back, right? The mustache, the the scarf. I mean, he's like wow. he he always. I, I, I never heard thought I'd hear these words coming out of your mouth. And, and and on top of that, he's put on good matches. I mean, I, I felt his match with uh with um, Neville. Yeah. You know, it's like wasn't as good as the as the one in Japan, but I mean, just storytelling wise, that match was great. I felt that Seth Rollins was getting lost in the mix in terms of being heels because you have here you have like Stephanie McMahon, you have Mankind, you really there's a lot of great characters right now. I think if, if you're gonna if, if you're just gonna do a straight flop where Roman Reigns becomes a heel and Seth Rollins becomes a face, uh, it has to be it has to be a swerve by Roman Reigns to do that. Um, you know, I, I think you what you don't have, and I think what uh, what Balor losing Balor. Um, really took away like your your straight baby face, right? I think Seth, you know, it, it, Seth is good. Seth is really as good as a heel. I don't. I, I have to be sold on Seth as a baby face right now. If you're to ask me, I think Seth needs to have Roman Reigns for both these guys to take off his baby faces, and and I'd really like to see like kind of like a third guy there. But what I can see, the smart guy, the smart guy that actually like. Says like, well, this is what should happen. I really feel that you have uh, Jericho, Kevin Owens, and Roman Reigns as as like a, as a group, as like a heel faction, just running rough shot. That that's what I think should happen. But um, I don't think Seth can be a baby face on his own right now. I think he needs help from Roman Reigns. So I wouldn't I wouldn't push for this this role reversal from both of them. I think both of them have to be the, in the same camp. Both of them together. Yeah. Okay. And then opposing with. Owens and uh, Triple H and whatever kind of faction that he puts together to yeah. be. And, and I hope that the biggest thing that I hope out of, like, so it's funny, like, when Triple H turned on Seth Rollins, I was like, finally, like, Seth Rollins doesn't have to use that stupid pedigree anymore. And that, that's, like, my main thing. is like, I don't want him using the pedigree. Like, come up with a different move, right? Right. Yeah. I, yeah, I wish he could still, like, Curve Stomp was great, man. I wish, uh, I wish that didn't get taken away from him. Well, the problem was McMahon nixed that, right? Like, well, yeah, I guess what he said was the, what what I read um, was his position was that it was too easy for kids to try to yeah. do on, one especially of with him showing up on Good, Good Morning America the next day or whatever. Yeah. All right, one more Seth Rollins thing that 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 I'm thinking of, and then you know 
can kind of open it up from there. So I keep seeing like all these, you know, retired wrestlers, you know, Bret Hart most prominently and stuff, keep with the Seth Rollins is dangerous. Um, what do you mean he's dangerous? Like dangerous performer, like because because of the Cena broken nose and and now the the Devitt uh, torn labrum or whatever the shoulder injury. Like to me, like the 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 Cena nose injury. I mean, that's not like to me. Neither one of them are necessarily. I don't. They're not necessarily on on Rollins, right? If Rollins on the knee, if he's coming in and he's trying to make it look decent and Cena like dips his head, I mean, it's something that happens. To me, with the 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 um, Ballard, the Balor injury, that, that's Balor's fault. Yeah, I mean, well, I don't. I, I'm not saying that there's fault, but to me, like that's a, that taking taking that bump into the barricade is Balor's move, right? It's a move that he takes not just against Rollins, but he takes against a lot of people, right? So I don't think that I don't think that that's necessarily. I don't think that that one's on Rollins either. And it's like, okay, just because two guys got hurt, it wasn't like any kind of devastating, like what happened to the Hitman or. Or like what happened to Austin, or what Austin did to uh, to Masahiro Chono it wasn't anything like flagrant like that. I mean, there was just kind of like misfortunes and, and you know somewhat minor, like not super dangerous um, injuries that happened. So I I, I think I, I I don't I don't agree with that take at all. And I just think I don't know why some of these guys are, are coming out with that. Um, Seth Rollins is, is is a is a dangerous uh, in ring worker. I, I think that's way off base. Considering what these couple of injuries were, I just wanted to see uh, if you had an opinion on that. In every match, Seth Rollins is the best wrestler. I mean, he's the best wrestler. The thing is, is, is here's the and here here's what I really feel about Seth Rollins right now, right? So you have John Cena, Seth Rollins. Okay, who's calling that match? Rollins. Is, you think Rollins? Is call, I, I think Cena. I think Cena oh. for some small part is calling that match, right? Okay. Um, the other thing too is so you have Finn Balor and Seth Rollins, and I felt that that match was heavily agent based. I really feel that whoever the agent agent of that match was, it it was over choreographed on, on that match. Suddenly letting these two guys go, it was you could I mean you talk about the the Finn Balor spot. I mean they had to get their spots in, and even the ending of that match where where uh, Rollins botches his top rope move and, and then that's I was like dude like that makes no sense whatsoever, and that's not a Seth Rollins match that I'm used to seeing. He's not a dangerous performer. I mean, it, I mean, the whole thing is like, you look at like, I don't even, I don't even want to talk about this, dude. I mean, I, I, I mean, the whole thing is like, to tell you the truth, I mean, like, that's that's been used so many times. But I mean, Bret Hart called Ric Flair a dangerous performer, right? Because Bret Hart was like, his stuff didn't make any sense. Like he botched, like, you know, like he wanted, he wanted to put one spot in. I didn't want to put it in. And, but he said that he had to do it, and you know he was like the best wrestler of all time, so he got his way, and he's like, and he botched that move too. So I mean, everybody botches their moves, dude. I mean, the the, the whole thing is like, is he more dangerous than than? I mean, is he more dangerous than Brock Lesnar? I mean, the whole thing is like, you look at that Brock Lesnar Randy Orton match, that was a dangerous match. I mean, that I mean, the whole thing is like, the table doesn't break, so then they got to break it again. I mean, that's dangerous, right? So I, I don't want to hear. I don't want to hear what's dangerous and what what's not dangerous. I mean, the 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 John Cena the John Cena one like that's on you, Cena. You know, like you you, did, you, you shook instead of when you when you should have jived, right? And, and the Finn Balor was yeah, how I felt, yeah. And the Finn Balor one that that's a freak action. Yeah, dude. and you know the whole thing is when I saw when I saw that in real time and I saw the way his his shoulder was. I remember watching that match going like, dude, I'm like that's that doesn't look good. I mean, like that's a 
That's a mistake on Balor's part. Because if, if you look at it, like, the way Seth Rollins threw him against threw him against that, he didn't even put his shoulder up. I mean, I mean, the whole thing was like he was thrown in the perfect spot. It was like the the trapezius or whatever that thing's called, like right, you know, between the shoulders. That's where he's landing. That doesn't hurt. If it was the neck or whatever it was, that's that's a case of, of Balor not trusting Seth Rollins, and that's a case of them not working together. All right, fair enough. Um, let's see, and I think uh, let, let, let's let's go let's go ahead and. Uh, Let's go ahead and talk about um, let's talk about the, the the free agent dude. I I you know I thought the the, the guy who I've been advocating yeah for you, and you've been scoffing at me. No, I haven't. I, I never scoffed at you, but you, you were advocating before a lot of other people did. Um, he has that kind of he kind of has that thing with uh, well. So who's who's the who's the girl that does the the for Renee? Her? Yeah, Renee. How the hell is Renee like getting mad that she's in a trailer park, right? I'm like Renee, I'm like how do you look at yourself, dude? I'm like, you should be at home, right? It's like it's not like you're like a high class person, right? Well, she's Canadian. Oh yes, even 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 more so, right? Okay. We should build a we should we should build a wall around Canada and have Canada pay for it. Um, you know, I I felt like even though it was really sophomore in terms of what that uh, vignette, if you can, or the interview was, dude, I I, I thought it worked. And, and, and I, I felt the ring work that, that him and Rhino did. I thought that was great too. He, he is, I mean, he, I mean, this is a guy that has, that has never had any good gimmicks. And the whole thing is like, he reminds me a lot of Damian Sandow, right? Like he's given, he's not given as bad as gimmicks as Damian Sandow did, but every single spot that he's had, a, he's whatever spot he's been given, I think he's excelled. And, and I think he's ready to go, dude. I mean, I, I don't want to see a case where he becomes a Damian Sandow. And in a year he's gone because he's gotten over every single time, and it's not because it's an organic getting over, right? It's like it's not forced on us, but it's working. Yeah, yeah, I think he's he's gotten over to a mild degree um, on several different characters. None of them have been particularly great. Um, I like I kind of like this free agent as I, I, I did like I did like the way he was playing the the, the three man band. I, I like that quite a bit. But I think he's doing good work with this with this free agent thing. Um, I think he's been funny in his promos, um, and they, the way he you know he got beat so bad that you know he's he's, he's talking stupid to, to Shane or the one where he got mad at, Sh- at Shane that they wouldn't give him a contract and they're trying to give him the contract. I thought all that stuff was you know he was, it was pretty funny. I thought that worked. Um, he, he's decent in the ring, and then I think the other thing that you have now um, that they teamed him up with Rhino is like. If you want to go to his history, he is like a he's like a three time tag champion with multiple partners. So, so in them trying to build um, a credible tag team division, like you know, you put him with a guy that's a veteran like Rhino, like that that's a credible team in, in, a, in a on a show that needs credible tag teams. So, you know, I think I'm pretty sure American Alpha is going to come out with the titles, but if if that because the stipulation is that yeah. that. Heath needs to win the whole tournament to get his contract. You know, I don't think that the worst. I don't think that'd be the worst thing in the world that that Heath and Rhino come out the champions, and then you put American Alpha on the chase. I don't think that's the worst thing. Well, I mean, even if he doesn't, even if Heath Slater doesn't win the tag team belts, you can still extend that storyline, right? right? So, I mean, but either way, like, I mean, I think if if him and Rhino, if him and Rhino win that those tag team belts, I think that's probably the best thing that can happen in that division. And it's not so much maybe that Alpha is on the chase, but it's like you have, I mean, so you have like, you have Dean Ambrose, you have The Miz, and, and The Miz, 
I mean, the stuff that he, the stuff that he did with Daniel Bryan, if they would have extended that, I think something's there, right? I, I think the Miz is okay, but he doesn't have like so. I mean, the thing with with Heath is that he has the perfect foil in Rhino, right? Like Rhino is like the perfect foil. It doesn't say anything. You you can play off him. He, he's like the the silent you know the, the silent character, right? He just eats his cheese with his. Yeah, you know, and so you have this character in Heath Slayer that he's not a heel, he's not a face. And let's see where we go with it, right? Like American Alpha, their 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 time is their time's gonna come, and their time's and their time can probably be now, right? And maybe you maybe you can't see them. Like that? Yeah, <laughs> I can do that too, right? But I mean, I think I think the best scenario is that he. Heath and Rhino win that that tag team belt, the tag team belts, and and see what happens after that because it makes it interesting. Yeah. So my guess would be on the other side. Of Triple that. H can come in. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> my guess would be on the other side of that bracket. There's some chicanery that happens with the uh, with Alpha and the Usos, and then that leads to a feud that occupies them while you give Heath and Rhino a little bit of a run, and then ultimately American Alpha comes back and uh, and, and and claims those belts. Which I would also like to say as a as an aside, I like the look of the SmackDown belts with the blue. Yeah, I don't really like the look of the Universal Championship. Um, I think with the red, <laughs> it's not even that it's red as much as that it looks pretty much identical to the Women's Championship. And I think like I don't, and I don't like the idea that it, it looks like it's all just a. Um, like off the off the factory conveyor belt like titles like they got all the exact same symbol exact same shape for every belt and then the two tag teams are just like replicas of each other um, in different colors let these belts be unique I, like I was really like one of the things that was great about that intercontinental title was that it looked different from uh, the heavyweight title right and and one of the things that was cool about when you had not the John Cena stupid like um uh, spinner belt, but the other belts is that you had those WWE belts, and then you had like the big gold WCW belt that was unique. And I think you got different titles for a reason. Let them let them look like their own unique individual championships. That's 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 the reason why I don't like the the blue. I, I think the blue looks good. I think the blue looks good, but I mean, it looks but it's kind of like the it's better than the Spartan thing. I'll tell you that you know the whole Spartan. But even but if you know the tag belts are Spartan. Are they? Yeah, they're exact same. Okay. But it's just like the ones on Raw, I think the, the copper looks kind of corny. But with the blue background with the silver with the silver um, metal on it, I think it I think it looks I think it looks a lot nicer that way. But we're, it's the same. We're, we're going deep on details here. Yeah, I'm yeah. But I just want to say um, in terms of because we haven't we since we missed last week, we didn't get to really talk about the design of these new belts and so yeah, I just wanted to say that. Yeah, I think that the blue does look really nice, but let them be. Let them be a little more unique in terms of design. So this is like our third segment of the show, right? So I'm glad. I think now is the time to bring it up. And, and, and it's funny that we bring. Well, it's the fourth segment of the show because we bring up Mr. Fuji, we bring up the four way match, and then he Slater gets in there some way. Yeah. But here's here is so SummerSlam kind of lackluster. I mean, some good matches here and there, but. Here's the thing that I didn't get, and this is it bothered me a lot. I, I see no reason. I, I, I did not understand the Brock Lesnar Randy Orton match. Especially like this whole thing is like no blood, no blood, no blood. And it was it I mean the whole thing is like, you know, Brock and Randy was supposed to end that way, right? It's like it's like, you know, it, you could tell they're like, you know, Randy Orton's gonna be opened up tonight. And I, I just didn't get it. I mean and the whole thing is that there's no follow through on this thing. I just I didn't get it. It didn't make any sense to me, right? 
And the whole thing is like the, the wow factor wasn't there. Like like I once he started doing ground and pound, and I saw that I saw the elbow that opened him up, and I'm going like man, like I'm like I'm like that just opened him up. I'm like that's like a legit shot, and I just, I don't I don't understand it, right? Like it's it doesn't it doesn't do anything for me with I feel it was, it was a headline grab, and that's the easiest thing to say, but even then it's like okay, so Brock Lesnar was a badass. Well, I already know Brock Lesnar was a badass. What, what's the other positive that can come out of it? Well, Randy Orton really took his lumps. It's like, well, yeah, but I don't, I don't want to see a guy opened up, dude. I mean, what the, what the, what the point? What was the point of him, of them opening him up like that? It just didn't, it didn't make any sense to me whatsoever. I, I felt, I felt it was, it was really trite. I felt it was contrived, and it, it was a triple U. And what, what's the triple U that we're selling from Jim Rohn? Really unfun. I, I, I forget. Un, I, uninspired. Just, yeah, it's been it's been so long known as the Triple U. I kind of forgot how it originated. Um, unoriginal. Unfunny. Unreadable. Um, uh, unoriginal. Um, yeah. All of those things. Yeah. As as many as many uns as you want to give it is is what it should get. Yeah. It didn't make any sense. I, I agree. Because um, especially you're not furthering the storyline anywhere because they're brand separated and you know Brock has only a very limited amount of dates anyway and. Yeah, it's just it's like you should be if if you're bringing back Randy Orton and I and and I want to just say like as much as we've been kind of like lukewarm on Randy Orton at times, I think he's doing a really good job on SmackDown, and I think the way that you establish that roster, you need you need Roman to be not Roman, you need Randy to be like legitimate at the top of that, and it doesn't do anything for him for him to just get his ass kicked. I mean, yeah, it's Brock Lesnar, so in some sense it doesn't really hurt you, but there's no point in taking a guy who you you kind of want to be like one of the one of your building blocks and and have him just take a total beatdown. Well, like that. well and not, it's not even really yeah. A match. Well, not only that, like the the match itself was fine. Like it was it was a it was a decent match up to that point, right? Was the, the, the second he got well, it was hardly a match. It was like ten minutes. No, that's what I'm saying. I mean, the whole thing is like the, so the first like nine minutes before you started doing the ground and pound, you're, it's, it, it was a typical like Brock Lesnar match where you're 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 on you're on your toes, but you're on the edge of your seat. Randy Orton, you know, was getting offense in there, and it's like, okay, so let me see ten minutes more, right? But that's like the whole problem. Then he starts going to the ground and pound. And it's going like, okay, what the hell was that? I mean, I just why? I mean, this guy's just laying in his own pool right. of blood. What's the point of that? Let me let me ask you this then, because I know that that it was stated that that was the way the match was supposed to go. Do you believe that that's really the way the match was supposed yes. to go? Yeah. Okay. You, you you don't you don't take a shot like that. I mean, the whole thing is like. You don't take a shot like that, like, and the whole thing is like, if you're gonna say someone's dangerous, that was that was legitimate elbow straight to the head, and and, and that's and that's the thing that I had is like, it's like I knew, I mean, once I started doing the ground and pound, I'm like, okay, wow, brutal, and then all of a sudden, I see this elbow come out of nowhere, and I'm like, what the, I'm like, what the hell is that, and and then I then I start, I mean, because the whole thing is like, that the area that he gets hit on, that that's like legitimate, like blood comes out, right, like that, you know that that spot is gonna produce a pool of blood. And the whole thing is like it's still kind of safe to, to get cut that way. Right. Like I, I've got my I've got my head split open like that, and and the, and the blood. I mean, it's it's just like it's like the a bowling pool. alley incident. Yeah, the bowl. Yeah, the bowl for kids, right? Um, but the whole thing is like I mean, when my head got opened up like that, it's like it was like it was like a faucet. Like I just it, I felt like it felt like someone turned on a faucet on my shoulder because the blood's just dripping like that. It's just it's a ton of blood. So it it, it was it, that's it was planned like, planned that way the whole time. My whole thing is like so if you're gonna plan that. And you're gonna do all that stuff. Well, where's the follow through on? That? <coughs> you know, there's no follow through. It's like okay, now it's swept under the rug. I'm like, what the fuck is that? Right. 
Yeah, that, that's why I, I didn't... It, it felt to me that, you know, Brock got overzealous and cut him up and they did the right thing to stop it, but it didn't feel to me like that was the way that things should have ended in real time. So, like, when I read that... Because, you know, you know what? I think the, the best thing to come out of it was, in, in my estimation, and it's nothing to do with... Um, front of the camera but you, you know who stepped up to Brock um, when, he got, when he got to Gorilla right no Chris Jericho and Chris Jericho stepped up and wanted to kind of wanted to go at Brock Lesnar <coughs> and uh, they had to pull him back like, like McMahon got you know got had a game there and you know he got mad at Jericho saying be a professional but Jericho's like dude you don't you don't come at you don't come at somebody like that and it just harkened back to the old Goldberg incident where it's like you know Chris Jericho you know, uh, full disclosure, I'm going Jericho Mark here, but it's like, you know, he's not the biggest guy, he's not the strongest, not the most legit he, he, fighter. He's, he's the most old school guy on the right. roster. But he, but he, like, and he knows Brock Lesnar would kick his ass if it came down to it, but, like, he stands up for the principles of the guys in the back, regardless of who it is. And so, for him still being, like, quote-unquote a part-time guy, you know, he's still going to, uh, to try to carry on the traditions for these younger guys and and, and, and step in when he needs to. So, um, you know, I, I think I give a still still a, uh, very proud of, of Jericho for for trying to do what's the right thing in this situation. And so that was I, I just I thought that was a kind of important thing in, in a scenario that really didn't make a whole lot of sense. Yeah, I mean, if there if there's any silver lining at all, and that and that kind of speaks to like what's going on, right? Like if, if you. If you have the if you have the the back room not knowing what the hell's going on and thinking that it's legit, you know, so it's just I don't know, dude. It just it didn't it didn't make any sense. I felt it was handled wrong on every, in every facet, right? I mean, the whole thing, and we can get into this one, but like you know, the Samoa Joe Nakamura match, like uh, after after the match, like you know, so here's so let's I mean, the whole thing is like so you have this you know this legitimate like bloodletting by like by Brock Lesnar, right? And I know for a fact that it was, it, it, that's the way it was supposed to, I knew that for a fact. It, it was it was no question that this was the way it was supposed to happen, right? Then you have Samoa Joe versus Nakamura, and Joe takes two massive, like, knee shots from, from Nakamura, mm-hmm. and to the point where you feel that Nakamura, like, that Joe, like, broke his nose or whatever, broke, broke his jaw with, with that first Nakamura shot. And then he, then he takes a, a, a shot to the back of the neck on top of that. And then right after the match, Joe goes to the outside, and the referee puts the the, um, the cross signals, you know, like the X, and you're saying like, oh, sh-, you know, like Joe's really hurt, and so you're kind of sitting there going like, you know, and, and it was kind of it was later reported because everybody's like reporting like Joe may be hurt, Joe may be hurt, and then like a day later, I was like, well, Joe's not hurt, right? Like it was it was part of the end of that match. Mm-hmm. So even with that, that's that's like a problem, right? It's like it's like, dude, I'm like, there's no point. If you, there's no Nakamura and Joe with that match, do not need any extra theatrics with it, right? Like, there's no point, there's no reason for that guy to put the put the X across his chest to say like Joe's really hurt. But it did like kind of spark a conversation. Like I was kind of going like, dude, I'm like, if Joe if Joe got his jaw broken that first knee shot, and then he still fights after that, I'm like that's like that's like man's game right there, dude. Like he's doing it for the business. So you you have those two kind of aspects to it, and. I, I both I think both of them both of them are wrong, but you want to talk about like legitimate as as legitimate as you can get in a wrestling ring, right? Without opening somebody up, without harkening back to the days where someone's bloody, right? And that adds more to the match, right? It's like 
you want to talk about like old school wrestling like I that that's the one, that's the one thing that took me away from wrestling it was just like, like even like Flair right Flair would have like the big old crimson mask going right it's like dude I'm like that's not why I watched dude it's like if I watched that my parents were gonna let me watch it again because you know it's like there's all this blood there right. And then you take something like, you know, with uh, Heath Slater and, and Rhino, right? Like, Rhino opens himself up. But, I mean, that's legitimate, right? It's like, I was like, hell, that was a good match. And at the same time, Rhino got opened up, right? It's like, there's natural and there's unnatural. And I, and I just felt that, you know, both those instances have, have no place in the ring in this day and age. Well, you know, I, I don't have a problem with them kayfabing a, a jaw injury to Joe. if Because here's, here's the difference for me in um, comparing with the Brock Lesnar thing. It's like... There is no end game for Brock Lesnar and and and, uh, and Randy because they're on separate shows and, and you know it's a one off. But there is still down the road, you know, the potential that Joe should come back and have a, a rematch with Nakamura. So if they need to take Joe off for a while to to play that out, so that maybe they want Nakamura to wrestle a couple more guys, then my guess is Joe comes back, he tries to challenge for the title, he loses, and then sometime at that point he goes to SmackDown or something like that. Like there, there's a storyline reason that you can see why they might need to like take Joe out for a little bit. And that makes sense because there's something something to play for down the road. But yeah, there's there's no there's no there's no long term um, end game with with what happened at the at the main event on on uh, on SummerSlam. So yeah, I think that's what the difference is. But yeah, Joe took some pretty solid shots and and, and to give him credit too he sold he sold the possibility that he did have a jaw injury very well, right? Like when when he got when he got kicked in the jaw there with the knee, you know, he immediately like grabbed, right? It, it, so he at least gave you that that realism that, oh wait, maybe something did happen. And then Corey Graves did a good job mm -hmm. of, of selling it too. And then I even think it was I the other thing I liked about it is like Corey Graves initially says, Oh, I think maybe he has broken his jaw. And then later on, like, they say, oh, it's actually dislocated, which is like, yeah, you know, if I'm actually calling a live match, I'm not going to know. That's one thing that, like, sometimes cheesy, right? Like, the announcer, like, sees something and has, like, right away, it's like, oh, yeah, he tore his ACL or he did this. Like, yeah, he's like, uh, I, I know it's his jaw, you know, maybe it's broken. And then later on, you find out dislocated is what they're going to go with. But I think it adds to the, the, the potential, the possible realism that you know there's you know, some kind of facial injury. I mean, and Gra Graves called that spot I mean Graves added to, to that spot and I think even more so is that you know that Nakamura is such a good wrestler that he's not going to make a mistake like that Where and that kind of added to the realism too you know Joe Joe's the man dude I mean Joe Joe has put on I mean I mean Joe I, I don't want to give it away but Joe's the front runner for, for me at least right now when we do our Moody's at the end of the year Joe's a front runner for wrestler of the year for me right now. I, I I felt that he's put on so many good matches with so with so many different type of wrestlers. Knock you know Nakamura versus Joe. I really felt Joe really <laughs> really carried that match, which is very hard for me to say because Nakamura is my favorite wrestler, you know. But Nakamura doesn't have that good of a match without Joe, and 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 you say the same thing about Balor too, right? Like Balor does not get that raw push without the work that Joe did. So, um, I, you know they they were. They were trying to say that the uh, the um, revival and here's the other thing too, like revival, right? Re revival versus um, Champa uh, and uh, Tama, uh, Tama, uh, I said Champa. I said Champa, right? Right. Yeah. Now look at that, dude. Hey, hey, I'm sorry, I'm watching NXT. Uh, they said that stole the show, but the revival to me, they are the closest thing I've seen to Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard. 
and, and that's that's high praise coming from me. I mean, the them as a tag team that that is one of the most exciting tag teams I've ever seen. And on top of that, uh, the WWE Network just released a bunch of um, uh, old uh, World Championship Wrestling uh, episodes, and they have my favorite match of all time. It was uh, it was um, Tully Blanchard and uh, Arn Anderson challenging the belts against. Uh, Barry Windham and Lex Luger is the return match where you know the, the week, one where they turned on Luger. Yeah, where they turned on Luger. Yeah, so I got I, I saw that. I saw that you know so I saw it like two times like and I, and I showed my girl that too. And it was funny like so we're watching this match and when the swerve happens with like you know Barry Windham and then and so, so Barry Windham like throws Lex Luger in the ring and like slams him and my youngest daughter goes she was, she's like but they're she's like but that's your partner and my older daughter, she just like gives me this look, and she just like just looks at me, and just like shakes her head, going like, Mario. I'm, I'm like, no, 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 just like, because then when Barry, when Barry like gave Lex Luger the clothesline, my, my daughter just like looked at me, she just like, she just like shook her head, she's like, dude, like, she, you just tell us like, dude, like that is such BS, dude, that that happened, right? Because because kind of like the same thing, right? It's yeah. like you're watching this match, and like they're supposed to win. And she's like, how, you know? And she's like, how the hell did these two guys just win? So it was, it was pretty neat to see, but in the end, I'll say like the revival. Um, Great in-ring work, but their outside work is even better. And, and what I liked about this match was the dude with the beard outshone the other guy this time. The, the, the first match against uh, the, the first time I saw them was against American Alpha, and the other guy with the, the non-bearded guy really shined in that match. This one time around, I, I felt the bearded guy was really on top of his game, and, and I like that guy better than the other guy, Scott uh, Dawson. Dawson, yeah. So so Dash the Dash the first time around I felt stole the show. Dawson this time really carried that match. Yeah, I think they're both really good. Um, I think their their promos has gotten better and better. I like their whole like we're top guys thing. That I think that's just it's very subtle, but it's very it's very funny to me. And and the whole kind of throwback um, aspect that they have, like Dawson's been backing it up by like he's won like two matches in the last month on DDTs, man. It's just it's just like it's just everything works in the the whole idea that they're this throwback tag team. My one problem with that match was. And I, and I wanted Revival to win, don't get me wrong, but it's like, at the end when they tapped out Gargano, I mean, he's very easily within arm's length that he just reaches, and he's sitting there for like a minute, just in this submission hold, like just sitting there going, ah, when all he's got to do is like reach his hand over. So the positioning on that, that's a nitpick, right? I'm just saying, like that. You, you've, been, you've been nitpicking a lot, you, you know? You, you just want perfection. I, no, I thought, I thought the match was... was I'm not gonna say it was great, um, but it was a very entertaining match. Um, I didn't think it stole the show. I think Nakamura Joe's the match. Um, I thought I thought Oscar Bailey was 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 a good match. Oscar too. Bailey was a great match. Um, that, that was a that and so Oscar Bailey was a that was that ending for that match was great. And I I mean Oscar puts on that that move and Bailey pops right back up. I mean that's like New Japan, right? I mean just like New Japan no so. And, and then she still loses. You know, just the, those three matches across the top, you, you don't get any better than that. All right. What do you think about Bobby Roode? I like Bobby Roode. I, I feel you like the I, whole thing. I like the whole thing. I like the music. I like the. You do like the music. Yeah. You, you, it, 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 it worked. You, you drank the Kool Aid. You like that I, song. I drank the Kool Aid. I'm drinking the song. You like that entrance? I like the. Everything about Bobby Roode was great. I mean, great. I'm not going to say everything. Really good. Everything. The only thing is the pump handle slam. Yeah. That's it. That's it. Yeah, but, but how, and how, to me, that's a tic tac, right? Well, how, nah, you can't have that as your finish. I, I know what it, the problem is. This is Bobby Roode's main two finishers over the past decade. He either went Fisherman Suplex, which really isn't a finish at this point, um, and then he adapted what 
he used to call the root bomb, which was, it's like a better version of the AA, where he goes, fireman's carry, throws him up, and, and, but, yeah. but, so obviously they're not going to allow him to do that, but yeah, you cannot come in here trying to be like the guy that's going to carry, carry NXT with a pump handle slam, I'm sorry. I'll, I'll do you one better. I really liked, I really enjoyed Austin Aries. That's, that's why Austin really Aries, that, that match, that, that's me drinking the Kool-Aid. I don't even remember who it was against. But the stuff that he did, it was, it was against a legit guy too, right? Who, who did he face? So I because all I remember is a Tommy coming at the end. Yeah, that's, yeah. I'm the same. I keep thinking. Oh, it's, it's the one dude. Uh, the uh, oh, no, no way, Jose. No way, Jose. Yeah, who I thought showed very well too. But you know, Austin Aries that match. Uh, the, the last two thirds of that match, I was like, all right, I, I get it. You you understand? I understand. Yeah, okay, thank you. I understand. I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm on the fence still, uh-huh. but I, I appreciated that match. Right. More so than like the Nakamura match. But I think. I think this if he get, he gets in this feud with Atami, I think you're really gonna see. Oh yeah, By I think far, that's yeah. gonna be a great feud. I, I was I was even before even before um, Atami came out, like just even like that that match as a whole. Um, I'm I'm sitting there going like, all right, I'm like I can get behind this guy. Yeah, I I don't have the fanboy that you have with him, but I I, I appreciate what he does, and not only do I appreciate it, but I enjoy it at the same time. I don't want to say him. Fanboy. I just like I've seen enough of his matches that well, I, I know mean, it. You, you, you're well, now he you're like, a backer. Yeah, you, you you haven't seen. You're now getting like enough of a body of work of what he yeah. does to appreciate. It's it's, it, right? it's it's following the same thing when you first told me about Dolph Ziggler, just like I told you about Chris Jericho way back when. But you know, you you told me about Dolph. I'm like, all right, like Dolph was Dolph was a lot. I mean, like I saw one match with Dolph. I'm like, yeah, that guy has it. Austin Aries took me about two matches. But I mean, even the first match I saw with him, I thought it was, you know he's like those, those kicks he has, you know, like it just just his 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 ground his ground game with with his with his kicks and stuff. I'm like that's legit. And then I saw the whole package on this whole one. And the whole thing, don't take anything from No Way Jose. I really like No Way Jose. Too. No, I think it, yeah, I, I really didn't like him in the beginning. But like I said, uh, there was a match like a couple of weeks ago where he just came out like really angry and uh, and got away from the straight like dancing gimmick. And and when he actually took it like. As he was like this kind of serious physical threat, because I think you know he's like he's got the he's got a look right. I mean the guy's the guy's pretty big and pretty athletic, so yeah. When he goes with that, I, I like I like that a lot better. I do see. Whereas a month ago, I would have said like there there is no way no for way Jose. Jose. No I, way I Jose. There's, I think there's something there. Yeah, you know, there's something definitely there. Um, you know NXT NXT across the board. I mean with with Atami coming back. Um, just I mean I mean. I, I'm gonna. It's a Wednesday night tonight. You guys will probably hear this on Thursday. The ten people that listen to it, but um, you know, with Nakamura being the champion, gives me a reason to watch NXT. Not that there wasn't a reason before. Did you like the the long uh, live violin entrance? It was okay. Yeah, it it. You know, I like the Bobby Roode entrance a lot better. <laughs> you know, you know what I'm saying. It was fine. I, I didn't. I didn't mind it. Right. I mean, it's just it. it that stuff when when you have Samoa Joe versus Nakamura, everything else is just candy around it, right? Like right. I, I wasn't sitting there going like, oh, you know, whatever. I mean, what I like about it is that people like Nakamura can can do anything, right? I mean, he can do anything he wants, and people are going to back him, and rightfully so. I mean, the the whole thing like this guy is like the best kept secret in wrestling, and it's nice to see him on a big stage where he can pair up with anybody, they can do any type of theatrics with them, and it works because. His entrance and his music should not work, but it works. And, and when he when he's no, doing the match, I, I like that song is awesome. Here here's my only problem, right? 
So he, he gets this like 10 minute long Undertaker entrance when he's the challenger, right? And Joe's the champion. And then he just gets his ready. Where can can he get a Godzilla to come out with him or something to to do the roar when when because Joe's got some sick. <laughs> no, both those are those are two of my favorite entrance songs uh, going right now. I, I like I like I like the Samoa Joe. That Samoa Joe is probably my favorite song right now. Yeah, but I like yeah, but those two those two I, I really like the Nakamura song. But yeah, that Joe. The, so Samoa Joe has has the best entrance music today in all of wrestling. I, I, that that's, that fits into a T, and, and that shit rocks, dude. I, I can be I can bump that in my you can car. Bump that in the yeah. Right. yeah. You can bump that in your right too now that you got some speakers. I didn't have the speakers. I know you did, but I'm just saying, like I, I, there, there there was a while that you didn't. You you, you like, stepped like your game 20 up. years ago. Um, let's see. Do you wanna get into New Japan at all? Did you watch New Japan last Friday? Uh like I'm assuming that, that, that was a rerun though. No. So so we've seen two matches with, with Oma Onma and Ishii. I thought I saw that match before though. Or is that just because it's it's similar? I think it's just similar. Uh, I, I, I no, I, I saw it. I, mean, I don't think we need to get into it. Okay. Um, I, you know the the Nakamura, um, uh, Anderson match, right. fun match. Um, and Alma. So the problem with Alma and Ishii was that I thought I saw it before. Oh. So so I was watching, but I really didn't pay that much attention to it. But I knew the whole thing is I knew it was a good match, right? And right. and and the whole thing is like Alma. Anma, I think, is, is he's probably one of the most underrated wrestlers going on today. And it's not so much Ishii. Anma makes that match with Ishii. And it's just, it's just a, a really different style. And I really like Anma a lot, right. which I never thought I'd like him. Yeah. So just to clarify then, because I think I, I think I got this clear. Like, uh, So when Ishii beat uh, Makabe, when Makabe had the broken jaw, and then Anma, because he was Makabe's tag team partner, challenged him. And that's when that like title match happened, but since then they fought in the G one. That's what they were the, the story they were building was that Anma actually beat Ishii in the G one. So then this is why he was um, saying he he deserved a title shot, and this was the title shot that he got. So it was it was different matches. Yeah. But but yeah, yeah. Nah, okay. We don't want to get into it. That's fine. I I, I liked it quite a bit. Uh, I there's there's certain times that I'm getting tired of watching. Ishii has like one style of match, yeah, and and I'm, I'm not like disrespecting it. Sometimes like it just depends who he's going with, and for whatever reason, whenever he's going against Anma, it works. The the, the two styles that they have work very well. Um, when he goes against say like a, like a knock, I think he had like a match against Nakamura or Okada one time, and he's like eh, but but I like when he matches up against uh, Okada. I, th- I think I think the Anma match is better, is better than the Makabe match. I think so. Like, yeah, I mean, and, and it could and, be because I saw like three or four. Yeah, Ishii. and, and, and those, those matches are great. Right. Probably Ishii is, is, is it's a happening, dude. Right. It's an event, if you will. Yeah. If you yes. Will. Yes. So I'm guessing you didn't watch uh, CWC yet tonight, or I haven't watched it yet because we're doing this podcast right now, right? Well, I watched it right before I came over. Well, I mean, I got I got kids. Yeah, I, I, I had to go to back to school night. Yes, yeah. I got kids. I got kids. <laughs> and that's real. All right, so um, <laughs> yeah, you like Heath Slater? You got? Do you have a varying? Do you have a varying amount of kids? Depending no, 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 on who you're talking no, no, to. No, that, like dip, that was my dip. That was my dip. Keeping it real goes on. Yes. When, when he gets a tip for uh, for I, washing the windows. I believe the I believe the quote might have been I I takes care of my kids. <laughs> and that's real. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so uh, scale, we're we're all set to go. Um, we are good to go. Ronnie O and DJ Joe Cooley. 
I got my boy uh, Ben Adam Jones over here on Bad News Ramen. Uh, like my boy Q-Tip said, we, we, we don't say the we don't say the years, or in this case, we don't say the episode number. Uh, hopefully, uh, we will check you out next week. If uh, nothing else kind of throws into the wrench of the gut of the government's suplex or power bomb, and uh, we'll check you out next week. Anything you want to say to the family and the kids? Good night now. Good night now. Oh, come on, come on, dude. Still from the gym room. What you want me to say? Uh, fake breasts. You're, you're such a mark, dude. I mean, come come something original, dude. Good night now. You, you can't you can't say anything else more original than that. You got you got you to gotta bite off someone else. Fake breasts was by giving. I think you brought up the the triple U earlier. Yeah, I did, but not not the end of the show, dude. Look, look. Do I have some cobwebs up in my corner? Are you gonna start looking up in the sky? What? what, what? And like that. He's oh, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> bad, dude. Just, just bad. Hack. Hack. You're, you're a hack, dude. Yeah. My name is D Nice. D Nice. My name, my name is D Nice. D Nice. My name is D Nice. Taking, taking out your suckers and you don't know how I did it, yo. This is D Nice, and I'm about to drop some funky lyrics on this track I made up. You know what I'm saying? Huh. Yeah, and you don't stop. Yo, my name is D Nice, although I hate to admit it. Taking out your suckers and you don't know how I did it. See, every episode remains in this mode. Very cool, very calm. There's no sweat in my palm. I just pick up the mic, proceed with a song. I get right to the point. My composition's not long or short. It's like a sport hanging in the middle. But now if you're puzzled, let me kick the whole riddle. That my name is Derek. And if I didn't mention D-Nice, it's just a description. It describes the kid on the mic. I'm the D-I-A-T-O.